And welcome in to Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And uh, surprisingly, we've got a little bit to talk about here on the show with uh, everything happening around the country right now. No sports going on. You would think this would just be uh, something we had to get a little creative, but the news Big news dropped today involving Michigan basketball. Luke Yardy here with you, welcoming on my co-host Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani here with you on Monday, headed into Tuesday here. And guys, let's kick it off right now. The big news today, David DeJulius uh, is entering the transfer portal. Number one, how are you? Number two, what is your initial reaction to this news? Uh, Anthony here, not too bad. Um I haven't been busy writing anything. Like, I obviously we've had work to do, but I haven't had anything to write write since the flurry of cancellations back on what March twelfth, March thirteenth. So it's been a minute. The last hour and a half as we record this uh, has been the busiest I've been in weeks, which is good and also kind of like, oh, I wasn't quite ready for that. Um, initial thoughts: I kind of. Something I had a gut feeling that a, a quote unquote surprise transfer was coming. I wasn't sure if it would be to Julius, but maybe the writing was on the wall with how we've seen, um, you know, Michigan's name has popped up for some of these transfers on the market. So maybe the writing was on the wall there. But yeah, uh, initial reactions are pretty surprised because um, I kind of felt like this guy was the next in line here. Yeah, I'm I'm stunned by this. I really was. Um, you know, you hear some rumors, a lot of hearsay over the last couple of weeks. I never really believed any of this. Um, if there was one guy on the team that I felt like more than anyone had bought in to what Juwan was doing and seemed like he had a good relationship with Juwan and had grown as a player. I mean, David Julius from freshman to sophomore year was night and day. Uh, he was, I thought he was very good off the bench this year, and it seemed like he was destined to be the next in line and what has been become a pretty awesome string of point guards here at the University of Michigan. Well, you know, going from Darius Morris to Trey Burke to um, to Derek Walton to Xavier Simpson, and then it seemed like DeJulius was next in line. I'm stunned by this. Um, obviously, I speak for all of us. We wish the kid the best. It. I, I hope over these next couple of weeks, uh, several things happen. I hope that we can look back on this and say, oh, well, it makes sense, maybe, and we'll talk about this here. Maybe Michigan will land a grad transfer um, with Aiken from from Harvard. Who knows? But uh, I would like to know as well, um, and he doesn't owe this to anyone, but just as someone who's very curious about how all this went down, I am I- intrigued or, or and very interested to find out why this is. Because as early, I mean, I, I followed David DeJulius on social media. I There were no... And obviously, social media is, you know, you, you put up a front all the, you know, for the most part, but there was no indication that he was anything other than completely happy with the situation at Michigan. And he was going to get playing time. So this is going to be a, a, an interesting story to follow over the next couple of weeks as to why this happened, because it seemed like he was next in line. It seemed like he had fully bought in of all the people on this team that you thought might transfer. He was very low on the list of people who I thought might, he seemed like he had fit this system perfectly. This is stunning news. 
Yeah, and not only am I stunned, man, I'm kind of bummed out, to be honest with you. Me I too. really like David DeJulius. Like, it, there were times where uh, I can't remember exactly which game it was. Michigan was just not playing good except for David DeJulius, and he tried to, to carry the team as much as they could. They ended up losing the game, but he was fearless. Every time he came in, he was fearless. I, I was surprised at sometimes at the lack of playing time that he got. Maybe that went into it a little bit, but like you said, Chris, he was in line to get an uptick in minutes and an uptick in responsibility and role on this team. And I was really, really looking forward to watching him kind of take that next step uh, and become the player that we all kind of thought he could when he came in. You went down the lineage, Chris, uh, very well. And, and Michigan's had a, a very good you know, string of point guards that have played. And maybe, you know, Zeb Jackson is next in line or whatnot. But I, I just love the way David DeJulius plays. I love his attitude. And, and I really am bummed out that he is not going to be a part of this program moving forward. And obviously, it clears up a scholarship spot. But now we have, you know, some things I'm not going to get into it. You know, Chris and Anthony and I in our little group chat kind of talked about some rumors here and there. We don't re really even know who's all going to be coming and playing at Michigan next year. You know, everyone assumes Joshua Christopher, but he hasn't made an, a decision yet or anything like that. We don't know what the next domino, domino that may fall for this team is going to be. So uh, this news uh, really bums me out. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, well, we can. I mean, we can talk about it. Um, it's not a secret. Isaiah Todd just like removed everything from his profile on Twitter. Again, sometimes that means something. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and we've had we've heard those whispers of maybe he'll decide not to come, and maybe he'll go pro, or maybe he'll go somewhere else. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's a concern. But in the here now, as we're talking about this, um, you know, transfer. Like I think Josh Christopher is going to come. I think there's been a lot of um, sort of smoke that suggests that he might be opening things up. I don't think it's that. you got to look at it this way. And I want to keep this David DeJulia-centric, but just on Christopher really quick. With everything that's going on, the juice has kind of been taken out of not just his recruitment, but recruitments of a lot of these guys who, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of them are kind of showmen throughout the process because they have fun with it. Um so I'm not buying – like Josh Christopher, I think he's going to wind up at Michigan. Back on to Julius, though. So a lot of times when a guy transfers, it seems like people – I mean, it's human nature to go, why? What's wrong with him? What's wrong with Michigan? And you kind of dig um, – you, know, you dig for what the disconnect or where the discontent of it might be. Let's look at it this way. Last offseason, when Michigan – went from John Beeline to Juwan Howard. Outside of losing Jalen Wilson to Kansas, they didn't really pay the price for that at all. And they were pretty lucky in that regard. In fact, you added Franz Wagner, which was a net addition in this whole thing. So you guys talked about the lineage. DeJulius, to me, was a guy that was very much in that same mold, in that same vein. You know, He was a John Beeline point guard, and he was recruited to come to Michigan and play in a John Beeline system. Um, those guys can go out and get you a bucket, but they can distribute as well. And I'm not saying that's not what Juwan Howard – I think Juwan Howard will take as evidence from what they had to work with this year. He'll take what he has and work from it. Right. But that's not the type of – you know, David Julius didn't come to Michigan to play for Juwan Howard. And like I said, they were fortunate that they didn't really have any casualties uh, with the change last year. And I wrote last week how because of that, maybe – they have to pay the piper to a certain extent, and a surprise transfer comes. 
But, um, you know, like I said, this might just be that. It might just be as simple as that. I don't need that explanation from him. Uh, I would love to hear it. Um, but that's kind of where I see things right now. Yeah, and that's fair. And I don't – one thing right away that I, I want to squash because – People have a lot of time on their hands right now, and uh, starting rumors seems to be a lot of people's forte in this moment. Thankfully, not at uh, anyone at Maze and Brew, but I, uh, there is no issue to me with the job Juwan has done or with the, uh, the, and this word gets thrown around a lot even by me, by the culture at Michigan with some of these moves regarding uh, going to the NBA and transfers. I think in general, and you, you alluded to it a little bit, Anthony, the fact that Jawan was able to keep this team for the most part together uh, after beeline pretty much up and left. Look, we got, we, we've talked about it a little bit. The way John beeline left Michigan, as much as we love him was strange and very surprising and blindsided a whole lot of people. But this is, this does not, uh, and I think the fact that he held the team together and was able to get Wagner here it did a very good job. So the, I see no issue. Uh, this is not anyone's fault to me, uh, What what's happened here. It's surprising. It's disappointing. I really, much like you, Luke, I loved watching DeJulius play. But I see no issue in the way this program is being built. It just opens up a lot of questions regarding who's going to be the guy next year. You know, Eli Brooks seems like most likely would be the starting point guard for next season. Um, he essentially just played an entire season at the two guard spot. I don't know what that uh, what that means for him. Uh, Josh Christopher obviously is uh, has the ability to play the point, but is in ex- someone who's a remarkable athlete who can probably play a lot of different positions. Uh, it, the the biggest the most concerning thing about this whole situation, besides the fact that I'm just going to miss watching DeJulius play is just the question marks that opens up. It doesn't speak at all uh, in terms of the, the culture that's created here or the program that Juwan's running. I still give him a, a passing grade with flying colors. And what I find really interesting too, and I like, you know, I do find interesting, you know, what this means for Michigan, but I'm also curious about, you know, where David DeJulius is going to end up because when you start looking at the transfer portal, a lot of times I feel like you're going to find guys try to go closer to home, right? But David DeJulius is a Detroit kid, you know, and he's proven that he is a major conference uh, college basketball player. This isn't a guy who was in over his head the Big Ten is and is going to go somewhere in the MAC. Like he can play big time college basketball. I truly believe that, and he can get minutes on a lot of major programs. So it's like, is he going to transfer away from home, or is he going to stay in the Midwest and stay in the Big Ten? That's kind of the thing that I find most intriguing. Is that I don't really want Michigan to have to deal with DeJulius moving forward if he does end up staying in the Big Ten. That's a really good point you make, and Anthony, I'll let you jump in, but I do just want to throw out that you're you're absolutely right, and it it speaks to how in college basketball transfers have essentially, they've become free agents now, and David DeJulius, the last time there was kind of a situation like this at Michigan, and it's somewhat similar, but David DeJulius is not, no disrespect to this kid, he's not Cam Chapman, who outside of one shot was clearly a guy who probably just didn't, didn't, wasn't quite prepared for 
Big Ten basketball. DeJulius showed inability to play legitimately solid basketball at the Big Ten level. So I yeah, he's gonna go somewhere. Hopefully not in the Big Ten, because I agree with you, Luke. I don't I don't want to face him. He's a good competitor. He's a good player and he's gonna get better. So it's it, it's part of what makes this so disappointing. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I've been going through looking at who recruited him. Uh there's not really much I mean, 24-7's page only has him as Michigan. I almost wonder, again, it's way too early to even, we don't know who's looking at him. I mean, he could, I'm sure there, I'm quite sure there are a, a number of, now remember, he's going to have to sit out wherever he goes right. next year. Unless something happened at Michigan. Like I, who knows? It seems like you can get a waiver to play right away for just about, for a hangnail these days. Um, so I'm not sure about that, but we're assuming that he's going to have to sit out wherever he goes. I almost wonder, yeah, there's a lot of coaches that are going to be interested. I don't know why I feel this way, but could you imagine him playing for like Oakland and Greg Campy? It always kind of like they got, they got Kendrick Nunn to come there from Illinois a few years ago. And Kendrick Nunn was awesome a few years, his last year in college at Oakland. So maybe that's something. I don't know. I, I don't I see I feel like that's a step down for David DeJulius, but I, I mean it wouldn't surprise me because Oakland is a is a great, you know, team in the Horizon League. They're always seemingly, you know, competing for Horizon League championships. But John Beeline recruited David DeJulius and, and I know he wasn't an assistant coach when David DeJulius came, but obviously you have the connection with Laval Jordan down at Butler. I think that could potentially be a huh. pretty good fit. That's sure. a very good point you bring up, man. Well, and Sa- Saudi worked for Greg Campy at Oakland. So maybe, you know, Saudi Washington, that is. So I don't know. That's just for whatever reason. I don't know why I saw that. I mean, you go to a school like Oakland and you become, you are the guy. You're right. the dude there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, I think that he's got some alpha dog in him. So I wouldn't be surprised. Everyone's going to look for, oh, which Big Ten school might he go to? Which, uh, you know, might he go play in the SEC or what have you? I almost wonder if a step down and him being the guy, the lead dog. I mean, one of the things I always remember him for, and it didn't uh, obviously it didn't work out in Michigan's favor. But the Friday before they went and played that game at Michigan State this year, um, you know, he was saying, "We want that smoke. We want, you know, we want there. We want their best shot." Um, I think there's a lot of alpha dog in this guy, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to a school like that. And then, you know, you sit out your year, and then. You're the guy for two years. I don't know. It, it's it is really. I, I won't say it's odd, given. You know, I, I don't know if he was guaranteed the starting point guard job at Michigan next year uh, with what they have coming back and what they have coming in. I kind of think that maybe, you know, I think that obviously Eli Brooks was able to stay in the starting lineup throughout the year when maybe we thought that the Julius was one of their best five. Maybe it's just, hey, you know, I've been in college for three years. I don't want to have – it should be my time. I don't want to have to compete. And not only do I have to compete with Brooks, but now um, if Franz is back, I'm competing for minutes with Franz at the two. I'm competing with Josh Christopher at the two. Um, to a lesser degree, I'm competing with Adrian Nunez and Cole Bajama at the two. So I, I, the more you talk about it that way, I can kind of wrap my head around it. Chris, anything? Uh, no, I, I was just taking that in. No, I not not necessarily. I, I pretty much agree with all the points you're going to make. I think that he, I agree absolutely. He's got, you know, he has alpha male, alpha dog mentality, and I think wherever he goes, um, 
he'll be successful. And I guess to a certain extent, part of what surprises me is, yeah, I did. I was one of those people. I've been high on him for a while on DeJulius. And I was one of those people who believed he was going to, he was going to take over the, the mantle place. He was going to be the starting point guard next year. And you're probably, a lot of people are probably going to be correct in their assumptions that maybe, um, nothing was guaranteed. And maybe that's what uh, led to, to this transfer. Hopefully we'll find out. Maybe we'll never know. Yeah. And I, I mean, Hey, all, all the power to him. If he, if he does want to go and be that alpha somewhere. Um, I, I just, I keep thinking about it, man. And I, I always preferred him to Eli books playing the one, you know, it, it always felt like he, he didn't find it the the two guard spot to really come natural when he was out there you know with like Xavier Simpson at the at the same time or anything like that he never really had a natural fit there but I felt like when when he had the ball in his hands it, it really did kind of come to him he he just felt at home he felt natural out there and, and ran a good offense and I think that Eli Brooks doesn't find playing the point guard and being the ball dominant guy to come natural that's why I, I do find that really interesting in, in that you would think he'd be the primary ball handler, but maybe Juwan Howard sees it different. And maybe Juwan talked with David Julius and said, look, this is going to be your role on the team next year. You know, and and if that's the case, you know, obviously Juwan Howard spends more time with these guys than, than us just watching. So I don't know, but it, but it does bum me out because he was one of my uh, favorite players to come into the program, you know, above all else in quite some time. Yeah, Same. there, yeah, there's a, I hate to use this word, but there was a swagger to him. There was, you know, there's personality there. And, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of those type of guys come through Michigan and, you know, you're kind of just, it's maybe, maybe it's just a sign that this is different than what we're, we, we thought that, you know, obviously things didn't really change in that Michigan still stayed competitive. They were in the mix. They were going to make the tournament this year under Juwan Howard, but maybe this is just kind of the first sign that Juwan Howard's Michigan is a little bit, is going to be a little bit different. Um, like I said, I think that, I think they're pretty confident that whoever's on the roster, um, and this is the way that Juwan's trying to build it. They can bring the ball up. They can handle the ball. Josh Christopher certainly is capable of that. Eli Brooks, we know is capable of that. Um, I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. Um, as far as, so right now let's, as we kind of pivot to what's next here, the obvious ramifications are that right now Michigan's at 13 scholarships. They're, they're at their limit. There's going to need, I think that if they, if they add Christopher and they add a, a transfer, they're going to have to open up two spots. So that could come in the form of another surprise transfer, or maybe not such a surprise like a Castleton or a, a Bajama, um, you know, surprises to me at this point. I think a surprise transfer from here would be maybe Brandon Johns, but this yeah. was a surprise transfer. So who knows? Um, Josh Christopher's decision should probably come anytime now. Um, I believe the opening signing period, the spring signing period opens on April 15th. We've got Isaiah livers. Who's currently going through the NBA draft process. Franz Wagner might be so Assuming they take a transfer, which I think they're going to in some form or fashion, it could be something as good as Bryce Aiken, could be Mike Smith. It might be a lower tier guy like a Jerron Simmons type from a couple years ago. Uh, but I think that's going to kind of be the play here, and they'll have to add two more spots. So 
I don't want to speculate where it comes from, but I, that's what's going to have to happen. When it comes to surprise transfers, do you think this will be the only one? My gut says yes. I thought there would be one. I'm not sure there'd be more than that. I mean, from here, the only thing that would I really think would be a surprise is if John's left or like if Eli Brooks left too, which I don't think is happening. Um, the funny thing is the two guys that would be pretty high on that board as of maybe two and a half months ago were Austin Davis and Adrian Nunez. And I think we may have talked about this here already uh, on another show, but those guys are both coming back. So, And um, same with the same with Colin Castleton too. There's been no indication that he's uh, unhappy with his situation either. Yeah. That so, one might surprise me the most, to be honest with you, with Austin Davis coming back because this will be Castleton's junior year upcoming, I think. Yeah. Well, I think, tr- truthfully, I think what happens is staring us right in the face. I think that both Livers and Franz will enter the draft, and I have a feeling, I, I think they might both stay if they if that happens. Yeah, so. I I start to share that opinion as well. That's that's so. the most likely scenario, right? Like, what's what's the old saying? The the easiest answer is usually the, the, uh, the truest or something. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's right there in front of us. Um, obviously, with what's going on in the world, it's a little things, you know, timelines are a little bit different. Franz Wagner is with his family, with his brother and his mother in D.C. Livers is with his family. Um, Livers has already entered. I think at some point we're going to get the old press release that um, Franz has entered the draft, too. At least, you know, you can enter and not, you know, we've, we've discussed all that stuff, but... I kind of think that might be where this is headed here. So that's really my only, my only thoughts on that moving forward. Um, You know, like I said, there are other things that this program needs to answer roster construction wise, um, but we're starting to get those answers now. Like we know who's in, we know who's out, we know who's going to the NBA or considering going to the NBA. So um, it kind of feels like the roadmap is is there for us. And I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like we're going to have a much clearer picture by the time we record this show next week. I hope so. Probably. I mean, I really truthfully, we're not going to have a clear. Here's where it might get interesting is so what, you know, Isaiah Livers declares for the draft and or both these guys declare for the draft. Then you get these two. So you sign the transfer, then you sign Christopher well, then I guess that decision is kind of made. So those guys wouldn't really be able to come back without any other attrition. At some point, too, I know everyone wants to build like a four- and five-star super team, but there are 13 scholarship spots. Not everyone's going to be able to play in that scenario. So um, it might just – I'm kind of of the opinion that things will clear out and who will be left is who's meant to be there, and you'll go from there. I think whatever happens – they're going to have a pretty damn good basketball team next year. So I'm not really all that worried about it. Well, we will wait for next week. You guys have anything else to add? I think that's uh, I've pretty much said everything I was trying to here regarding David DeJulius's transfer. Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, same here. All righty, Chris, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. Uh, we're all doing the best we can to churn out uh, content when we can. You know, obviously with things being the way they are, it's been difficult. But I do still have my podcast, Locked On Tigers, uh, doing three days a week now, um, because of the circumstances. Uh, 
going on. So Wednesday, we, I've been doing a top 25 best, best baseball games of the last decade. Uh, Wednesday's pod will be a little bit dif- different. We will still cover a game, but obviously we'll be talking as well, uh, doing a little tribute to the late, great Mr. Tiger, Al Kaline, who passed away today. So uh, hopefully you can uh, tune into that and uh, pay respects to one of the great Tigers of all time. So that's uh, where you can find me. And yeah, I'm on Instagram as well, updating my stories occasionally. Chris Castle 95, C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Um, get our podcast wherever you get our shows. Uh, I'm filling in on Out of the Blue uh, for Andy Bailey while he tends to some family stuff. So I'll be on the show with Jared this week and for the foreseeable future till we get that sorted out. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun uh, being on here with you guys. I know things aren't ideal, but I don't know. Maybe the opt- the optimist in me says that um, we're about ready to turn a corner here. So I'm looking forward to that. Love the suggestions that keep coming in. Um, love when we have news to talk about. Before this show started, we were talking about doing like drafts or meme type things, but um, we do better with hard news. So I'm glad that it worked out that way. Right. But that's where you can find me there. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I. A-R-D-I. You can follow the Brewcast Show page on Twitter at Brewcast Show. And remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcasts by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back next week with another edition of Brewcast. For Chris Castellani, for Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week.